The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com slash supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash podshock. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, now in the iTunes App Store. Live from a dusty shelf in a television relay station in Nigeria, it's Doctor Who, Podshock. The Gallifreyan Embassy presents Doctor Who, Podshock, episode 283. And welcome back. Yes, joining us on this episode is once again Dave A.C. Cooper. Hey, Dave. Hi, Lewis. Hi, Lewis. Dave is across the pond in the UK. And also with us is the illustrious Ian Bissett. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Illustrious. Uh, <laughs> Moving up in the world. Yeah, can you get your head through the door, Ian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hang on. It'll just turn sideways. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, is a definite improvement. <clears throat> it's great to have you both back, and it's great to doing a you know to be back and doing a actual new recording um, from beginning to end of Doctor Who Parchak. Uh, last episode we had some new uh, material, but the um, the bulk or the you know the the most of the episode was material that was recorded right before the storm that Superstorm Sandy of last year so um, it's great to be back recording a full episode of Doctor Who Pachak the first time in 2013 I, you know like I said from beginning to end he's lying, folks. He's lying folks he wiped the tapes <laughs> just, like, just like the BBC well yes yes we, we actually recorded this uh, last November and we just found it on a dusty shelf in, uh, in, in a TV relay station in Nigeria Actually, I'm going to have to interrupt you a minute there, Lewis. Um, you said at the beginning it was it was great to have us on. Um, I think I speak for everybody out there in um, Podshock listener land to say it's glad to have we're glad to have you back, sir. Um, oh well, thank it's been you. A long time coming, and and we're glad to have you back on the airwaves and uh, back on the road to recovery. So yes, it's uh, it's been a much longer process than I had ever anticipated or foresaw, and uh, I'm glad to you know get that that the bulk of it, the, the most of the hardship is now um, behind me. Now it's just um, you know the recovery will continue, but I can you know uh, we can start with you know getting back with Dr. Kupachak and the other podcasts and um, get those off the ground again, and um, you know get get some quote normalcy back in life if if the, um, for the lack of a better word. But, but yeah, and, yeah. And, and when Lewis mentions the fact that he was drying out, it's not that he's a recovering alcoholic. It's just he had some uh, water damage. Yeah, 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 massive. It's everything had to be rebuilt, you know, from literally from the from the floor to the ceiling, including the floor and ceiling as well. So it's been it's been a process. And you know what? Through that process, every you know two steps you take forward, there was something that came up that you know you had to take a step backwards. So every time you think you're nearing the end, then something else happens. And um, I mean, I won't go 
go into the nitty gritty details, but you know, it's, it's you know, like uh, one thing leads to another. You know, the, the the electrical system that we thought was fine turned out not to be fine, and that had to be addressed, and before other things can be addressed. So it just seemed like you know. Every time you turn around, there was another problem. So, you know, I know many people were asking, you know, when is Dr. Kupacha coming back? And at first I was saying, yes, we'll be back in next month or we'll be back in two weeks or whatever. And then I couldn't meet those, you know, statements anymore. I couldn't, you know. So then I just said, you know, as soon as possible because, I, you know, every time I said or when I thought we would be back, it didn't turn, didn't turn out to be the case. Well, what better way to get back to normality and normality, normality, than have the <laughs> Ian and myself on the show? Yes, uh, compared to uh, you call that normal? To, yeah, no, compared to us, he's normal. <laughs> well, actually, this you know, now that we're approaching the the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, and we have like a, a year that we were basically, if for lack of a better word, on hiatus, uh, we can now use this to kind of recap last year and bring us up to date right before the 50th anniversary. And I can kind of, you know, sound off of you and, and get your take on things because I was sort of preoccupied with the recovery. So if it sounds like I'm playing dumb, I'm actually playing. <laughs> Just being, um, Only that's Dave's job. <laughs> you know, because sometimes a host will then, you know, and not that you're a guest, you know, you're, you're a co-host with me today. But um, sometimes when you have a guest on board, you you play dumb so, so that the guest can fill in stuff you know information that you may already know but you want to hear what they have to say and how they say or whatever so um but that's not the case today it's um whatever holes are in my head are actually holes oh, you know swish swish cheese <laughs> swiss yep. cheese lots of that yeah so we're going to go back in time. We're going to step into the TARDIS and go back to um, basically a year ago. And, uh, you know, like I said, this the storm hit um, the end of October, October 29th of 2012. And um, so we, you know, aside from like a, an aftershock episode that I put out and then last time, last week, a week and a half ago, I put out an episode that had something that recorded right before the storm. So um, a lot of stuff had happened in this past. And, you know, it's, it's funny actually listening back to what we recorded last year, some of the stuff that I was jokingly saying, you know, about Matt Smith leaving. I, I had no insight, you know, <laughs> I was just joking. And, you know, some of the stuff that I, um, you know, but I don't mean just me, but some of the stuff that was said was uh, actually um, a little foretelling. <laughs> so it, it was, it's kind of interesting what we were kind of speculating, speculating about and or joking about and then what turned out to be a reality. I, I had said that, that 2013 was going to be a very interesting year and um, I was right. It was a very interesting year, and it still is. You know, we're, we're still weeks away from the 50th anniversary. But before we go into that, let's go back in time. Um, we obviously didn't do live. We usually have live review shows after new episodes. So um, since we were gone, there was the Christmas special, which had Richard E. Grant. And for those in the know, you know that he had been a doctor himself, at least in a alternate timeline or um, if you consider it canon or non or canon or whatever. But at one point it was considered canon. He was he was the ninth doctor at one point with an animated web um, series. Uh, it only turned out to be one story, but I think at the time it was intended to be multiple stories. And it was um, right before 
the live series came back, so obviously that was put on put that was that came to a halt, and then we went forward with the live television series with Christopher Eccleston playing the Ninth Doctor. Uh, right, yes, because we we'd had the Angels Take Manhattan, I think that aired on the 29th of September, uh, but it was that, that it was October when you sort of uh, dropped off the radar, as it were, and of course, obviously, The Snowman aired on the 25th of December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we didn't cover that. We're going to get to all the episodes that we didn't cover. We'll eventually get to those. So today's Dr. Pachak is not going to be a review of, you know, all those stories, but we're, you know, anything that's relevant we'll touch upon, you know, such as, um, you know, I, I, I think that's... The, that the fact that that Richard E. Grant was in it and starred in it, um, you know, bears mentioning. Going forward, I guess, um, you know, we had uh, six, we had what seven or eight episodes. Then, you know, when spring came, and that led to the series finale, which was um, the name of the Doctor, right? That's, yes, uh, indeed. And. That introduced another doctor, <laughs> or as we're told now, at the, um, introducing John Hurt, John as, Hurt as the, the doctor. doctor. My least favorite thing in the whole time. Oh, the way the print came up, yeah. Oh, it's just like, really? Like, we don't know who John Hurt is. So now, before this, we've had heard countless rumors about... Um, about Matt Smith leaving, and he kept on saying, no, he's staying on, he's staying on. So then all of a sudden, this is, um, we're introduced to um, John Hurt as the doctor. And, um, I mean, do, do, who is he? I mean, now there's speculation on what doctor he is. Um, is he the is he the Valyard? Is he some other in-between regeneration doctor? Or what's... Well, one of the things that Stephen Moffat said is, it's it's a lot more simple than you think. Uh, just go back and count. Mm. And it's you're like, missing something. Yeah, he, he said something. something. Go back. You got you have your count wrong or something like that. Go back mm. and rewatch the episode. He said something. To, we're paraphrasing, but he said right. something along those lines. I remember that. And, and then again, it's Stephen Moffat. It's Stephen Moffat. Lies. I mean, you, you can go back. You know, I said I mentioned when that came out. I tweeted something about the brain of Morbius because in that there was. I mean, now we in. Um, in hindsight or revisionist history, you know, we can say, well, those other doctors that we saw in that episode were actually uh, Morbius, his other regenerations, not the doctor. But actually, if you go, if you read what um, the producer at the time had said, um, Hitchcliffe, I think it was, that, that was actually intended to be pre other, you know, regenerations of the doctor, but we're going to rewrite that or whatever, make it fit into our own canon. So, but maybe, I don't know. I don't know what Stephen Moffat is getting at. You know, maybe the, um, I think other people had pointed to, you know, other episodes as well. And so, I don't know, all, I guess, I, I, I would like to say all will be revealed, but not necessarily. Well, we, we, we don't even know how Clara's going to turn out through, through that episode. We don't want to uh, make spoilers about it, but um, the, the way the, the episode ends... Uh, we, we don't know what sort of companion, never mind uh, how the Doctor is going to be eventually uh, played out with. Mm -hmm. well, I, I, I'm being a bit cautious now because I've suddenly realised we're, 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 we're having a recap and we're already sort of going into spoiler territory. Well, we're going to assume that everyone's seen, you know, now that it's, it's now November as we record this, I believe it's November 6th, the 6th of November right now of 2013. So we're going to assume that 
all our listeners have already seen the the past episodes which were in spring and snowman that was in december so we're we're making that assumption if you have it then yeah spoiler alert you know from this point forward whatever so yeah i I thought casting was pretty interesting you know john hurt you know it's always been one of my you know uh, one of the most interesting actors you know out there since i first um i guess he first became um visible to me back in 79 with alien but uh you know since then i had seen his other work and other you know he did the elephant man it wasn't yeah he did oh the, the, the elephant the, the, he did the, all sorts yeah. it was um it was alongside uh, richard At- uh, not richard david attenborough no richard attenborough that's right uh, when he played the uh, the mass murder he played uh, he played in the the film of that He's done a lot. He's done. He's done a tremendous amount. I mean, he was even. He did a little cameo in Spaceballs. <laughs> no, just. Yeah. I mean, the man's even been a dragon and made that believable. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, Merlin. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, he, well, it wasn't called the Englishman in New York, but that's the the, the Sting song that was based on um, the 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 person's life who's escaping me right now. But uh, he did a film about him as well. Um, but yeah, he's done a lot, and so it's, it's, I think it's an interesting casting. And I'm gonna, you know, I'm anxious to see how he, who he is, and how he fits into all this. And um, but it was then shortly after that, there's uh, there's there was an announcement that Matt Smith was leaving. Now this yes, don't put two and two together, folks. Uh, and the the film I was thinking about was called Ten Rillington Place because I know people will be shouting at their audio saying, "Come on, David, get it right." <laughs> yeah, I, we'll, we'll get feed, we'll, we'll get we'll get feedbacks, you know, correcting us, which is get the voice in Ward Ship Down, uh, mm-hmm. Midnight Express, Lord of the Rings, Alien, Elephant Man, uh, Night Crossing, uh, oh, all sorts of stuff he's been in. Unbelievable! Well, I mean, he's almost as prolific Kobo as David Warner. Hmm. Yeah, but has yes. David Warner done anything in sci-fi? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a running joke that Ian and myself have. David Warner and um, probably a few others that that that, um, that, that can fit that title. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Kobo. <laughs> so yeah, now we've had heard rumors that Matt Smith was going to be leaving, and he kept on saying that no, no, he's going to be staying on. He's going to be staying on. Quentin Crisp. That was the the. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> that. That's the uh, gentleman that that he portrayed in um, in a um, in a movie, which I, I can't remember. Portrayed, he inhabited the role. He was fantastic. Yes. In that. yes. I mean, uh, very. Um, uh, he, he has a great adage of mind that. Um, if you let the dust settle for four years after that, you don't notice the difference. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> so all that cleaning up of your flat was wasted time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I'm telling you, maintaining it now, now that everything's like, you know, fresh and new, now it, it comes the chore of keeping it that way. So it's, um, yeah, that's, uh, it takes a tremendous amount of time there. Um, but but getting out back to this news now now Matt Smith is actually announcing that he's leaving and um, I don't know of course there's the usual um, uproar in fandom and then then it's sort of uh, who's going to be replacing him and 
this is the the one thing that I didn't miss about not you know being out of the picture of you know fandom circles was every time there's a, a doctor announced an actor that plays the doctor announced that he is leaving then there's this whole speculation this person that person this rumor is that person and it just you know after a certain amount of time you get tired of of, of, of it all you know well, and didn't the, didn't go the speculation ahead. Didn't the, sorry didn't the speculation get a little bit rampant when uh, he tweeted from uh, was it New York when he was uh, he was filming this part and he'd had his hair cut for it mm-hmm. and everybody was speculating well they wouldn't just let him cut his hair if he was coming back to the role and this that and the other and then people are saying well you know uh, the eighth doctor wore a wig because mm-hmm. he'd been cast as the eighth doctor with long hair and then he'd he'd, he'd cut his hair off as some other thing then he got the part because as we know yeah. the gestation period of the uh, the TV movie uh, went on backwards and forwards uh, so um, so the speculation started I think with his haircut right, they were like oh yeah. he's, he's going to mm-hmm. be leaving well, well, a haircut for crying out loud. Well, when we say haircut, it was it was pretty much shaved. It yeah. was. I mean, it was Shaun of the Dead, mate. Yeah. It was. I mean, it wasn't just like you know a shorter style. It was really drastically you know different. A buzz cut. It was. Uh, it was him playing the Ninth Doctor. There you go. <laughs> and he did a, 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 a Dylan thing, didn't he, with holding up yes, the cards? Yes, the cards. The, the, the um, Bob Dylan. Suking out the lottery. Do, 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 uh-huh. You know. I can't sing, so I won't do that. <laughs> so, but I, now, did we all see this coming? I mean, I thought maybe he, because he had always said that he would like to do more with the role, and um, there was oh, no, more no. to explore I with the character. Because he he protested too much, as they say in Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was asked a few times, and, uh, you know, I'll stay as long as you want me. I can't see it leaving. Uh, but I think... Uh, one of the things that is fairly well known, I think, is he's the one person... I mean, I don't think Matt Smith has taken advice on how to play the Doctor. Uh, I think David Tennant, uh, there was a long conversation... Well, not, there was a conversation between him and David Tennant. David Tennant didn't give him any advice because he knows that, um, uh, you know, Matt Smith uh, is a good actor. He hadn't been a lot, but he'd been in Ruby and the Smoke, of course, uh, and a, a couple of other things. Um but the point was, I think he takes on board what uh, he says, David Tennant. And, of course, David Tennant would go all the way back to, you know, uh, uh, Troughton and his advice about mm-hmm. the three-year business. So I think I think the writing was on the wall. I think I think the fans are OK with that. I'm certainly OK with that. Mm-hmm. I, 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 even with the fact that they can probably get around these regeneration limits... I think all any fan in their heart of hearts really wants is for a new actor to stay three years. Anything, anything of that can be a bonus. Uh, but if they sort of discarded regeneration, oh, we do get on our high horses about it, and there's another horse for the night. Well, we, you, I think you, you, you made a valid point there. If you go back to the beginning, William Hartnell was there for about three years before um, it was necessary for him to leave. You know, his health and whatnot, you know, became it necessary. And then Patrick Troughton came on and stayed on for three years. And then Patrick Troughton gave advice to uh, the, the one that comes to mind is Peter Davison to say, you know, three years. And that's when Peter Davison, even though he's, he might have had some regrets right immediately after or whatever that, you know, but he stuck to his guns and stayed 
for three years and then leaving. So we kind of expect that any new doctor will be there for three years minimum, you know, and if they decide to stay longer, all the better. But, you know, three years is sort of like what we come to expect. So that's why, you know, there was some um, uproar with, um, you know, oh, ha- forcing Colin Baker to leave, oh. um, the, uh, Christopher Eccleston's leaving, the, 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 you know, not giving Paul McGann a fair chance and all that, you know. Ah, now I can... I can uh... Uh, most people here listening to us will have watched some of these BFI screenings, as it been, and uh, they did a screening of the um, the TV movie, and uh, Daphne Ashbrook and uh, he were there on that, amongst other people, the director and so on. And um, it, Paul McGann was saying uh, to Daphne that um, one of the, the the problems he had that he had to sign one of these standard five-year contracts, a little bit like mm-hmm. Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, and um, and she said, well, I didn't have to. She said, well, obviously, with the, with, with the main cast, uh, you've got to do that, to the point whereby which he was actually looking for somewhere to live. I mean, he actually went mm-hmm. to, to talk about uh, somewhere to live there. Uh, of course, it was not New York, of course. It was done in Canada, although the setting was not... Uh, where they were. They actually filmed it in Canada. And, of course, famously, uh, some Canadian people who are on a certain podcast, uh, Three Who Rule, are uh, very pleased, of course, that that aired in Canada first, I believe. Mm-hmm. We're getting well, way off track, but... Well, if Doctor Who did come back, down. if they did resume the series somewhere within that first five years, we would have to assume that maybe Paul McGann would have came back because he would have been uh, under contract to play the exactly. doctor. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, and when, of course, with Christopher Eccleston, um, again, I know we're retreading old ground here, but, I mean, you can forgive it for that because they didn't even know it was going to last one year. So to mm-hmm. get him, I mean, the only mistake I think they meant, and we've covered this before, is the fact that after, like, one, two weeks... If you listen to um, a great podcast, by the way, The Quest is the Quest, um, that both Ian and myself have been guests on. That's not why it's great, of course. But, uh, <laughs> but those episodes are greater than the others. <laughs> yeah, but um, if you listen to him, you know, they, they, they went through all that. But, um, you know, it, it, the, the problem was this announcement that he was leaving just a couple of weeks after the first episode uh, of it aired. Uh, but yeah, that, that was unfortunate. That, that, oh, that, that, the timing of that was unfortunate, which I don't think was intended on, um, you know, obviously I don't think it was intended on um, Eccleston's part. Yeah. So to bring it full circle, I think Matt Smith, uh, you know, has done absolutely, you know, he, I mean, the poor lad, um, I don't know whether Ian will agree with me on this, but about 12, 18 months ago, I saw him on a couple of shows, and the poor lad looked as thin as a rake. I mean, they worked the guy to death. I mean, admittedly, it's you, you could go back to the second doctor, and they worked like 46 yeah. weeks of the yeah, year. Yeah, it's very and intense. They, and they had to have a they had to have a, an episode where the doctor didn't was missing. Appear, so yeah, holidays. Yeah, <laughs> but but in terms of things like you know. Uh, Doing a, a, a capture against green screen for the uh, for the, uh, the the computer games, for them doing uh, you know presentations, for them going to New York. This, I mean, I mean they get mm-hmm. their blood out of these actors, and uh, oh, yeah. just the stamina needed must be incredible. Yeah, absolutely. 
So Thank yeah, I don't. I mean, I I don't begrudge um, Matt Smith for leaving at all. I mean, it'd be not, you know, like I said, he never really had a grand. It's unlike well, if I remember Colin Baker when he was first hired, you know, seeing him at conventions. This was before the whole you know melee that happened with with um, the, the, the um, what's his face, um, the control of the BBC at the time, um, you know. Bef- yeah. Uh, Michael Grade. Before all that happened, um, he was saying that he his intention was to stay on for eight years. You know, so he, I mean, he, he really had uh, announced and publicly was saying that he wants to stay on for ten for for eight years. I mean, his plan was sort of to outlive Tom Baker's reign. You know, and um, unfortunately, he never had that opportunity. So, you know, so that's why it sort of you know when he was forced out, you know, it made it even more painful because you know it wasn't his choice. You know, and um, and and I don't. I don't think he was given a fair shake either because his doctor, you know, the criticism that everyone had, uh, a lot of people had with his doctor was, um, you know, it, it, that was his first, that was like his first year. He was supposed to be harsh and, you know, but his, his character was going to mature and, and grow. And, and I think maybe the audio ventures gave him an opportunity to further explore his doctor, the sixth doctor. So, um, I'm sorry. Did somebody say, did somebody say audio ventures? You're quite right. I never could rob and cheat and kill like you do. But if you're saying, I don't know what it's like to be outlawed for roaming the world, exploring, gathering knowledge, fighting with my wits, well, then you're completely wrong. No, I meant the robbing, cheating and killing thing. Aha. Then you have never truly appreciated what it is to be a buccaneer. Let me explain a few things to you. For you see... One could almost say that I am the very model of a Gallifreyan buccaneer. Oh, no. You are going to sing. Oh, no. Yes, (laughs) I am. Talk about scary Doctor Who. (laughs) He got a singing job on the back of that, didn't he, Ian? Uh, I don't know. Perhaps I don't know. No, I wasn't yeah, criticizing. Was I wasn't so criticizing Colin Baker. I, I'm just not one for musicals, but that's another story. Oh, uh, if you you must get that. The uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I've got a few of the audio ones. I mean, their output is absolutely uh, stupendous, uh, almost to the point where. You almost give up. Give up with that. Well, I haven't heard it, but um, you know, I, I, and it's it's unfortunate that I haven't been able to keep up with it all. But I know a lot of praise has been given to the most recent one, which is like the light at the end of the tunnel or something like that. A big finish story that's um, just came out recently. I don't know if, if you, either of you had a chance to listen to it. I, I haven't. The light at the end. The light at the end. Maybe that's it. Yes. I think it is. On the train. <laughs> Sorry. Ian's what now? What did I do? Yeah, you, you've had a chance. Yeah, that, um, sure it yeah uh, uh, from the uh, the Doctor Who News dot net. Um, very pleased to announce today is the day we begin the release of our fiftieth anniversary Doctor Who story, Light at the End. Uh, this was dated the twenty fourth of October uh, of this year. Mm-hmm. It's Nick Briggs. Uh, standard edition CD should start being mailed out this Friday. Yeah, I mean, it's lovely uh, packaging picture on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, all hail, you know, Big Finish and uh, the people who have done things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 
kind of we, well we said it in the past and I don't mean to you know uh, you know start rehashing everything that we've said in the past but I know that we always said that that it created a bridge from the you know from the you know that that brought us from um, you know the Paul McGann you know story which sort of ended the television series until it was brought back to television in between there those the, the forest years or whatever you want to call them the dark years whatever you had those audio ventures that kind of tied you over Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, so now Matt Smith announced he's um, he's leaving, and um, so now all the speculation and, and debate whether it's going to be someone, if it's going to be a, a female doctor, a ginger doctor, a black doctor, or this doctor, that doctor, who is going to be this, and then all these actors and actresses are being speculated for the role, and um, and that's when it gets a little bit too hairy and crazy for me, and I sort of tuned it all out. So I, I'm, I'm glad I kind of missed all that static and and everything going on at that time and um you know before before there was any official announcement which somehow leaked there was some story i forgot where i read it or something like that that seemed because i mean there, there, there are all these stories about oh this actor's going to be it that actor's going to be it but a few days before the actual announcement there was an article about paul about peter i, I keep on saying he looks for some reason peter capaldi looks like a paul not a peter to me i don't know why but i keep, so sometimes i may stumble upon paul for some reason but peter uh, it was an article about um about him being the the next doctor and I, it seemed credible, but I didn't, um, you know, it was still in the rumor category, and I didn't want to say anything until there was a BBC announcement. But that was sort of like just days before it was actually announced, and that was done on a, a special called Doctor Who Live, isn't that right? Uh, Doctor Who Live, the next Doctor. Mm-hmm. So it was originally uh, touted that uh, basically they advertised for uh, a live studio audience for. People to share their, you know, their love for Doctor Who, and you know, it was, it was kind of touted as just a kind of a, a live show with the, you know, something that they played during the fiftieth. Um, but then later, of course, uh, I think about a spell week beforehand, um, kind of all bets were off, literally, um, and uh, they announced that the the show would actually be going out live on a Sunday, and it would announce the new Doctor. So. And they say that to the end, to, right? <laughs> somebody well, was about to, yeah. you know, reveal that. So now the the reaction was sort of sometimes. I mean, within the, the the fan community or whatever was was somewhat mixed because um, some people have made an issue of his age, which I I don't. Anyone that's a fan of of the series as a whole, age is really. I mean, he's he's playing someone that's over nine hundred years old, so he's yeah. not too he's not too old for. If anything, he's still too young, you know. But the, I mean, if you go back, I mean, he's the same age as William Hartnell was when um, he took around that age. Um, he's actually older, I think. He may be older. Um, when when granted, William Hartnell was playing someone that was old. I mean, obviously the doctor's older, but. In appearance, he was playing someone that was older, you know, a grandfather type of image he was portraying on screen. So, um, but, you know, and then there are some saying, oh, well, you know, um, people have gotten used to the, the um, David Tennant and, um, and, and uh, Matt Smith being agile and, and um, being able to, you know, uh, you know, perform and, and be, um, what's the word I'm looking for, agile? Um, 
spry. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, no, it's, it's, oh. it's become a very energetic... Energetic, uh, whatever. That, that They brought a lot of energy to the role. Well, excuse me, John Pertwee did that, you know, that, and he was no oh, spring okay. chicken either. And he, if he was like the first one that sort of brought that character, char- that, that aspect of the Doctor to, to the character. And um, before that, I mean, um, John Pertwee, not John Pertwee, um, uh, John, um, William Hartnell and uh, Patrick Troughton, I mean, they weren't really physical actors. I mean, they were great actors, but it, was, it wasn't until um, a lot of people compared John Pertwee's Doctor to like a James Bond because he was, he was great with the gadgets and the Who-mobile and, um, you know, he was dapper and, you know, and, and energetic, you know. And like I said, I, I don't remember his exact age when he took on the role, but he was, again, he wasn't 20-something. Yeah, well, let me just read a little bit what it says on... Uh, it says, um, Stephen Moffat, the show's lead writer and executive producer, said casting uh, Capaldi as the Doctor was an incendiary combination. One of the most talented actors of his generation is about to play the best part on television. Can't do it with his accent, sorry. Um, Moffat said Capaldi had been cast after a secret audition at his house. They didn't even dare do it in the studio. We made a home video of Capaldi being the Doctor, and I showed it around, and everybody said, yes, that's the Doctor. Uh, Moffat added, the Doctor had briefly flicked through my mind the last time he was casting the role, but he did not think... You remember, uh, there was an awful lot of publicity, and, of course, we know that um, Stephen Moffat lies, (laughs) let's put it (laughs) kindly. Uh, He said that they wanted an older Doctor. Maybe it was Peter Capaldi. And, of course, the other thing is... um, uh, Peter Capaldi was uh, revealed as the 12th Doctor. And people saying, hang on a minute, 12th Doctor? I thought we saw the 12th Doctor. Uh, isn't he called John Hurt or something? Mm-hmm. See him? Yeah. <laughs> so we've got, you know... Well, that, that was the other thing. When they, when John when um, Matt Smith was announced that he was leaving and everyone, oh, all the speculation was going on about, well, who's going to be the next Doctor? No one was saying John Hurt. <laughs> So, I don't, you know, I, I don't know if it was somehow in in that episode named the Doctor. If it was made clear that it, that he was not the twelfth, I, I didn't think it was that clear. Well, I, I think it was the same as um, when we had um, uh, the Master played by um, oh in the Utopia played by uh, Professor Young, uh, the great mm-hmm. actor, yeah, um, uh, Derek, um, Derek Jacobi, yes. yes. Uh, you thought this is too good to be true. Uh, I mean, he's there in a cameo role. There's no way. I mean, I would love to have stayed in London. Yeah, same now, here. I'm not saying that John Hurt is vastly superior to Peter Capaldi, but John Hurt, as soon as I saw that, you almost felt that was a one story doctor. Mm-hmm. Never mind a one year doctor. Yeah. Uh, Ian, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean. I don't know, actually. <laughs> well, John, I mean, at this point, at this point, John Hurt's not really known as a television actor. Not that he would avoid television, but not uh, he hasn't done a series, to my knowledge, in, no. in some time. I don't Merlin. know. I did voice work on Merlin. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know how I feel because I mean, we had Christopher Eccleston for just one year that kind of kicked me off. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd rather have my doctors for a while because you get to, you know, then they settle into the role and, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I I understand that. Yeah. Like, it, well, it'd be good to, like, you know, because then you'd be like, oh, Dreamcast of Doctors, you know, uh, kind of like what we had in uh, Curse of Fatal Death. <clears throat> <laughs> now, now, 
Peter uh, Capaldi has a long um, um, C CS or CV, whatever you want to call it, uh, roles. You know, he's he's um, you know he's very prolific in his acting. And uh, a first thing that came to my mind, of course, was we've seen him in Torchwood, which. Um, you know, he played John Frobisher uh, in, um, I think, it was Children of Earth in that series, which was the, I think, oh, the oh, what a fantastic part he played! Yeah, he was yeah, absolutely mm. unbelievable. And just to say about John Hurt, by the way, uh, in 2014 he's going to be in a vampire horror television pilot called The Strain. So uh, he does do television work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, there are some people that would not, you know, like will refuse to do TV. You know, you, you don't you don't see like Sylvester Stallone doing television shows or, you know, there's some people that just, you know, consider them, you know, especially here in the U.S., not so much in the in the U.K., but especially in the U.S., there's a divide between the two. And there's certain actors that that think TVs will belittle them, you know. So um, but the, the one thing I always enjoyed about U.K. actors is that they didn't I mean, it's acting, whether it's between whether it's on stage. Age, or whether it's in front of the television cameras or movie cameras, it's still acting, and it's you know, it's a job, lovey. It's a job, yeah. lovey. <laughs> you turn up, do your part, take your money. Yeah. Exactly. Never mind this method stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the other thing I know Peter Pacaldi uh, uh, about See, uh, I from didn't sit here all night and listen to the two of you try to pronounce <laughs> Capaldi. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say it enough trouble. before it starts flowing off my tongue. Um, and Baldy doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I keep on thinking of uh, th that character from Babylon 5, Gabaldi, um, whatever. Uh, but he, Garibaldi. Garibaldi, that's it. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're not intentionally giving Lewis a rough ride here, you know. No, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, it's, 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 it's good to, to kind of like take a scraper and scrape all this rust away from, uh, you know, being flooded out. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, did you say hazing or twerking? <laughs> <laughs> you twerk. But the other, this is this is something that's very interesting. Is that uh, Peter Capaldi co-starred along with our very own Joshua Lou Freeman in uh, the Big Fat Gypsy Gangster, which was a 2011 film. And so I'm going to try to see if we can get Joshua back on the show. It's been a long time since he's been on. Oh yes, wrestle him away from the Playboy Mansion, why? Yeah. Well, that and he's. I know he's been busy with busy with other projects and all that. So I don't know what his schedule is like. But if we can get him back on and give his uh, his thoughts and his take on working with um, um, a doctor, <laughs> you know, which yeah. we never had one of our you know direct correspondents. Um, I know. tell you what, Lewis, it's a privilege to be on Podshock. But if I was in the Playboy Mansion grotto. I think I'd put Podshock second to that. Oh, come on. You could do a live show from uh, from the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> yeah, I've got my dressing gown ready. Arthur Dent at the ready here, sir. You see how distracted he is with a bottle of wine. Imagine how distracted he'd be there. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. So um, I guess now this brings us to August. Uh, he was announced um, in, on the 4th of August, 2013, to be the 12th Doctor. So now, and, and then of course there was a lot of speculation now saying, well, you know, he can, the Doctor can only regenerate 12 times and what's going to come. And we've always said that this on Doctor Bonchak is that they're not going to end the series just because they ran out of regenerations. I, I know there was a, um, a you know, a, a past, um, it wasn't Doctor Who proper, but it was it Sarah Jane Adventures or where somewhere he's, the Doctor said something like he... He had, I don't know, whatever. He gave hundreds, some yeah, hundreds yeah, of regenerations, whatever. Oh, you know, 
Millions. So I, I, my theory was always now that the Time Lords and Gallifrey seem to be gone. Maybe that restriction is somehow lifted and he'll just continue on. But I'm sure they'll work a story around it and do something. Then they're just not going to let it go. They'll probably do something to make it interesting. And, um, you know, we, we all know that it was arbitrary that 12 i mean the the, the master was yeah. giving another it was offered another set of regenerations you know so so it's an artificial limit yeah mm-hmm. so we'll wait and see but you know I, I don't think people have to worry about it too much you know it's not like oh well we had this top rated television series that we had to come to a close because we just ran out of regenerations yeah uh, the only point of caution i would have add to that is going back to Russell T. Davies' time, uh, when we had these confidentials. You remember the confidentials, guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know they got a little bit irrelevant towards the end with, uh, you know... Uh, What's our face racing a race car? car. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> we're on the same page here. Uh, I mean, I love them. Uh, I, I, I don't know why they could... I mean, for instance, we've just been... Perhaps we'll talk about it later, about this doctor who revisited the B-Dude on BBC America. But... Um, when they're only 20-odd minutes, they're absolutely fabulous. When they started extending them, they got a little bit funny. But, I mean, really, um, there's an awful lot that they could cover. And um, no, I, I'm, going to go, I'm going too far off topic here, so I'm going to rein myself back and, and, and get back on subject, I think. Be at first. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, um, um, Russell T. Davis did say when he first, uh, on the confrontation, he just say, you know, we're going to take Doctor Who, we're going to do it for about five years, maybe Doctor Who will be arrested. Of course, it's become a bit of a cash cow recently. I mean, we've had seven seven series. Uh, just recently, they've been announcing uh, the Blu-ray set of all seven series. Mm, yes. Uh, fabulous, because, of course, as we all know, first high-definition episode of Doctor Who was one of the specials with David Tennant. I think it was Planet of the Dead. Uh, but they've gone back, presumably, and upscaled some of the early stories from, you know, um, the Ninth Doctor and so on. Yeah, just so uh, people realize it's just upscaled. They didn't shoot it in HD, so it's not like it's going to be real HD. It's just going to be upscaled. It's it's going to be similar to, you know, upscaling that your your maybe your Blu-ray player does on its own with a DVD. So, but, you know, well, slightly it, better than that because uh, your, well, we hope your so. DVD, yeah, but the point is, your DVD has to do that in real time. Yes, yes. This, this will be done. That's you know, true. On, on very good. On, yes, that's double true. Double passes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We also should. I would. Be, we would be remiss not to mention that Peter um, Peter Capaldi actually was in Doctor Who. He was. Uh, he played a character in the Fires of Pompeii in 2008. That was uh, a tenth Doctor story. Yep. Okay. So um, I don't know if um, I'm just looking at his credits here, and I see he was in. And I have not seen this movie, World War Z, and played a character W H O Doctor Who yeah. Doctor. World Health Organization. And now I'm assuming this was. I mean, is this a coincidence, or maybe they it's just knew? A coincidence. Really, that's some coincidence. Oh, yeah. He played Who Doctor, and now he's playing Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it is like it's world, the World Health Organization. Um, so he's a Who Doctor. Very interesting. <laughs> Look, he's a Doctor Who fan, and he's not reading things into things. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I had to break that moment. Yeah, later. well, like, yeah. 
<laughs> well, that's 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 what's great is you know, any, and and we're gonna get to this in a second. But anytime there's a promo or trailer release, you can be assured within seconds of it coming out that it's gonna be analyzed frame by frame, you know, pixel by pixel. You know, and people are going to be. It's sort of like when Apple announced a, a, a you know a special event. When the invites go out, people start you know dissecting the announcement. You know, oh this color means that, and that you know shape means this, and because they said this word, that means this or whatever. And it's the same thing with Doctor Who fans. When anytime there's a a promo or announcement or um, you know, <laughs> it's either the Ronnie or somebody sees the reflection of Eve Mons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you naughty man. That's another end joke. So now... So the, the, okay, so Peter Capaldi was announced. <laughs> one day one day this will flow off my tongue. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. welcome to the Podshock new drinking game. Yes. Yeah, you've got until about April of next year to get that right. Yes. Well, now he's going to actually... We'll see him before April, though. We'll see him at the, yeah. in the Christmas special, right? Possibly. 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 No spoilers. Yeah. Well, I now if I'm saying a spoiler, it's coincidental because I'm like I said, I've been out of the loop now for a while, so it's I I haven't I have (laughs) I have no insights of of um, of actual information I'm sharing with you. So anything I say is pure is pure speculation at this point. All right. So, um, but this brings us to August of this year, 2013, and now speaking of. Um, trailers and promos is is this when was the um, now we knew that uh, that for the 50th anniversary they were going to have this 50th anniversary special on the 23rd um, of November which is just weeks away from now uh, we also knew about the Mark Gaddis docudrama um, which um, chronalizes the birth of Doctor Who and Adventure in Time and Space Adventures in Time and Space and um, and now that's coming out now original last well, we didn't record an episode, but we we spoke um, together about a week ago, and we were figuring that we had read a news article saying that it was going to be released a week before. But now I heard something more recently that it's it's just a few days before the the special. I think it's uh, the Friday before, isn't it? Okay, so it's not going to be a week before because we were thinking maybe like the sixteenth, but now it's actually going to be probably like the twentieth or twenty first or something like that, or. Well, well, there's lots of things. Of course, they've, uh, they've also announced the science of Doctor Who to be slotted in. I think that's uh, the 14th of November here in the UK, the 18th or something in uh, in America on BBC America. There's an awful lot going on. There's a lot of radio programmes as well. I mean, I mean, from what, one of the things here in the UK, for, to just give the the UK perspective, was uh, you know, we've had all these uh, you know Doctor Who revisited going on in America, and people in the UK have been saying, "Hang on a minute, we're not seeing any of this." And then a small channel called Watch, which uh, not many people in the UK, well, perhaps a million, two million people get it, but it's not a mainstream channel. Then they said they're going to air it, uh, and we were feeling a little bit shortchanged here in the UK. Um, but um, now there's so many announcements. I mean, uh, fitting it all in the size of Doctor Who, the Day of the Doctor Review, Venture in Time and Space. Uh, and we've still got uh, the uh, 11th Doctor Revisited uh, to come as well. So, I mean, um, it is absolutely fabulous what, what is coming to light. And, of course, 
we've skipped, I mean, we're trying to cover a year here. I mean, we've had a, a Doctor Who at the proms. We've had all sorts of other things in between all this time as well. Yeah, so before we go further ahead, then let's talk about the... I, that's the proms is one thing that I, I completely missed because I, I was really busy with um, renovation and, and recovery here. So um, there's usually... Every, it's not every year, but every couple of years or so, they well, every I think every year they have the proms, but it's not... Doctor Who's not part of it every year. It's every like every other year or something like that that Doctor Who has a segment or something in it. Or am I wrong? Is it every year that I Doctor think you're right. Uh, and uh, the big announcement, I think, this year, although I haven't got the dates to hand, was that they're going to take that to... Is it Australia or New Zealand, Ian, where they're going to take the... They said they're going to take the proms um, and do a production... Not taking the Welsh orchestra that do it no, no, in the UK. They're, they're taking a, a, a kind of uh, version of it. And I think there's a little exhibition that goes along with it, too. And for those that don't know, The Proms is a musical extravaganza that the, the, the I guess the BBC does, or um, I know it's part of British culture, That and it's usually around the summertime, like July or June or some, somewhere around I that the, time? I think, it was, I think it was the 13th of July. Okay. So, and... Um, so it's usually like a musical event, and so Doctor Who's music is prominently... When Doctor Who is involved, they, they feature his music, and they usually have, you know, either Matt Smith or someone or one of his companions. You know, usually they make an entrance and... Um, oh, it was brilliant. I mean, uh, first of all, it was uh, it was on two days because there was a, an afternoon show. I know um, that uh, one of the guys from Staggering Stories, Adam Purcell, I think, went to see it twice. Uh, but um, they... they it was, I think it was live on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, because, uh, of course, it was like uh, an hour, and then um, they had um, intermission, and then they had the second hour. But the TV special was just about um, an hour. Now, if you want me to, I've got a little clip of uh, one of the things that they did during the intermission where they were talking about um, sound effects and so on. Yeah, let's hear it. Paul and Tim, for a recent episode called Cold War, you had to revive a monster from Brian's era of the programme, the Ice Warriors of Mars. We're going to hear now how they sounded in 1967. Supposing someone sees you... Kill them. What is that? Sonic gun. It'll burn your brain with noise. So, Tim, that was the original Varg of the Ice Warrior, played by Bernard Breskin yeah, that's the, the Carry On film. that's the 1967 version. They don't make him like that anymore. So what did you do to this? Um, well, we wanted it to be, you know, true to the character from 1967, so we obviously, you know, had to listen to that, trying to work out what they'd done, although Brian's now told us, so we could have saved us a lot of time. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'd asked him. Um, so if we play... Um, I think that 1967 click, a lot of us in the acting with this in the voice, it was all shh, which obviously Nick did. So if we can play Nick's, this is Nick completely clean, so we can play Nick completely clean voice. You attacked me. Martian law decrees that the people of this planet are forfeit. So we've got a bit of Nick there. That's completely clean. Nick in front of a microphone, just acting. Uh, so we took that and then we, we dropped the pitch of it so we can hear Nick drop down in pitch. You attacked me. Martian Lord decrees that the people of this planet are forfeit. 
Um, so we, took, we had those two together, and then we needed something on top of it to make it. I, I didn't think there was enough threat in it, so I thought it needed a bit more, a bit more something. So we came up with this um, effects track, which we're going to hear now. So that's the sound of a, a beluga whale messed about with a bit. Well, I must say, no whales were harmed in the making of this show. Um, so we added the two nicks, um, a few more breaths, and the clicks, and we put them together, and now we'll hear the finished Skaldak. You attacked me. Martian law decrees that the people of this planet are forfeit. I now have all the information I require. It will take only one missile to begin the process to end this cold war. There we go, new Skaldak. Wow, brilliant. I think that was fabulous. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know about you guys. So now this was at the prom, so it's not just about music, but it, it, about audio as well. And um, well, well, no, the, the, that, they, they did that. The, the audience were having their intermission at that point. Okay. But obviously, the okay, radio so show. I so got the radio you. show was going. So that was a little uh, thing that they'd done. A little bridging thing uh, between I mean, between I mean, performances. It, the, the break was about fifteen minutes. I've only played a couple of minutes yeah. there, of course. Okay. No, that's great stuff, and it's a it's a very. We're going to get to those episodes. I know we you know we didn't get a chance to review them, but we'll we'll get them we'll get to them in time. So I mean, there were some really interesting episodes this past but, 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 spring. But you missed the big news, the really big news. Jenna Louise Coleman is now called Jenna Coleman. She's dropped a name, guys. That was big news really? in the house. Yeah. Mm. I didn't even know yeah. that. Now, why is like that? It. I'm still calling her Jenna Louise Coleman because I think it's cuter. <laughs> now, uh, is it... plus, plus, you can call her JLC. Was this just a, 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 the actress's decision to make her name more memorable? Or, I don't... I mean, it was there some... Less. Uh, the only thing I can assume is it, if she's going to try and break into the American market, maybe she felt as though it was... Mm-hmm. Thing. Of course, um, uh, I mentioned before she was. She's done other stuff. She was in Titanic. She was in uh, Dancing on the Edge. You've never seen da- David AC recommends Dancing on the Edge. You must watch that. Oh. Uh, uh, but she's been in lots of other stuff, and she looked absolutely stunning in this black velvet dress on the night. And evening, will join me in that. I think. Now we're back at the Playboy sorry, Mansion no, again. No, sorry, I was thinking about that black dress. <laughs> uh, actually, they, they, they recorded quite a neat little uh, thing where they were going to the proms, but they couldn't get in. Um, but the doctor produced this magic ticket, and it was like a body swap ticket. And uh, so that they ended up like appearing right on the stage. Um, it's really quite cute, the little number that they did, and the little number that she wore. <laughs> um, I'm rather smitten with Jenna Louise Coleman. <laughs> I think I recall that from uh, our episodes that we recorded together before the storm. Yes. <laughs> the storm that is Jenna Louise Coleman. Yeah, it's like <clears throat> quite, like, quite another storm indeed. Yes. Sandy was not as lovely. I can assure you that. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right. So enough of tropical storm, Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not going to get into any puns about wind blowing and all that. So, um, (laughs) yeah, let's move on. Move along, move along. Okay. (laughs) These aren't the dirty jokes you're looking for. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get we'll get scolded. So, um, Skuldak. No, that was just. (laughs) 
is Matt Smith, and you're listening to Doctor Who Podshock. We're just taking a short break from our discussion of the year in Doctor Who, the year that was passed in Doctor Who. But don't worry, we'll be coming right back to it. We've got more to talk about. There's more that we haven't covered yet, so there's more to come. And we're just taking a break to talk about Audible. And if you enjoy audio podcasts, which I assume you do since you're listening to this one, I think you're going to enjoy Audible. Audible has um, a huge selection of audio well, hence the name Audible, it has a huge selection of Audible audiobooks. Well, of course they're, they're audiobooks. They have to be audio. I meant digital audiobooks. Uh, they're the premier provider of them. Audible has over 85,000 titles to choose from that covers all genres, you know, be it, you know, of course, science fiction, but, you know, also be it thrillers, romance, business, comedy, uh, you name it, Audible has it. Audible titles will play on iPhones, Kindles, Androids, over 500 devices for your listening pleasure anytime, anywhere. So for you, Dr. Who Pachak listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a a free um, 30-day trial to check out their service. Now, to download your free audiobook, simply go to audibletrial.com slash podshock. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash podshock for your free audiobook. And you can choose whatever you like, you know, as far as what they offer, you know, for a free audiobook. Uh, Though, we'll make a recommendation. And since last time we recommended a lost story, a a Patrick Troughton lost story, we're doing another lost story since, you know, we're very keen on lost stories now. So um, this one is um, a lost story from Tom Baker's era. It's not an episode that was lost on, you know, um, that that the BBC erased, whatever. It's an episode, it's a story, rather, that was never fully completed. It's a a Tom Baker and Romana story called Shatter. Now, this is a, um, this audio book is narrated by by Lala Ward, who played Romana, the the, the Romana 2, if you will, uh, the second regeneration that we know of of Romana in the series. So uh, she plays the, I mean, she um, does the narrations, I mean, she reads the the novel here, along with John Leeson as well. So this is written by Douglas Adams and Gareth Roberts. It's Shada, Doctor Who, The Lost Adventure. And we're going to play a little bit, so you get a little taste of this audiobook, Um, right now. At the age of five, Skagra decided emphatically that God did not exist. This revelation tends to make most people in the universe who have it react in one of two ways, with relief or with despair. Only Skagra responded to it by thinking, wait a second, that means there's a situation vacant. Now, many years later, Skagra rested his head the most important head in the universe, against the padded interior of his alcove and listened to the symphony of agonized screams coming from all around him. He permitted himself two smiles per day and considered using one of them now. After all, the sounds of wrenching mental anguish and physical distress were a sure sign that his plan was working and that this was going to be a good day, possibly even a nine out of ten so he might have even more cause to smile later on, and he didn't want to waste a smile. He decided to save it, 
just in case. Instead, as the screams faded slowly into bewildered animal whimpers and the occasional howl of uncomprehending fear, Skagra climbed from his alcove and turned to survey his handiwork. His own alcove was one of six, an even number, of course, set into the sides of a tall, grey, hexagonal cone at the centre of the main laboratory. At the top of the cone was a grey sphere. Minutes before, he had watched as the other five members of the think tank climbed into their alcoves, laughing and joking in their irritatingly trivial way. They hadn't even noticed that there were connecting terminals built into the headrests of all of their alcoves, but no such terminals built into his own. Why were other people so stupid, Skagra wondered. Even these people, who were so clever, were basically stupid. He'd wondered this every few seconds for as long as he could remember. Still, thanks to him, thanks to the plan of which this moment was a significant part, soon other people would no longer be a problem. The five think tankers stood gibbering in their alcoves, their eyes blank, limbs making the occasional spasmodic movement. It was interesting that the bodies of all five had survived the process. Now to check on their minds. Skagra entered a command code into one of the many panels of instruments that lined the walls of the laboratory. It was a cursory, automatic gesture. If a lesser, sillier person had conceived this plan, not that anybody else could have conceived this plan, they would have rigged up a big, melodramatic, silly red lever to activate. So once again, that's uh, Doctor Who Shada, The Lost Adventure. Worth checking out. You know, this is um, an interesting story. I know it's been, um, many times it's been um, presented in different formats. So this is the, uh, you know, the, the audiobook format. And it's pretty interesting. So, uh, but it doesn't have to be a free copy. You could choose, like I said, whichever you like. Once again, to get your free audiobook, simply go to Audible, Audible Trial, rather, audibletrial.com slash pachak for your free audiobook and check them out. All right, so the, the proms was in July. The, the announcement up about Peter Capaldi was in August, and uh, um, the the trailer was that uh, did that come before or after the the news no, no. of the of the lost episode? Uh, no, I mean, it called a trailer. It's a teaser. It's a teaser yeah, promo. It's not a tra whatever it is. It's teasing the the fact that there's a trailer out there somewhere, and we're not going to see it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, okay. Let's back. Okay, all right. Now that that's another thing we forgot to mention. Now there was a trailer that was shown at Comic Con, right? Uh, In San Diego Comic Con, supposedly uh, there was this trailer that that I think was Stephen Moffat there that he presented and and told the audience not to videotape it, not to get it out on the internet and all that. Oh, so it's like a headmaster, very stern. Yeah. So now this was shown. 
to uh, this audience here, which perturbed a lot of people because they weren't there. Or if you're across the pond in the UK, I mean, it's even more difficult. I mean, it's difficult for me on the on the East Coast to get to the West Coast. It's even more difficult if you're across the pond as well. And right. so, I mean, there was a sense of not being fair to, and, and you know, the BBC um, came back and said, well, this was sort of like a trade show, and that's the reason why we did it, yada, yada, yada. But uh, to this day, that hasn't been shown publicly yet, right, this trailer? I, I, I really have to say that I'm impressed with the Doctor Who fan community that nobody yeah, same has here. released it. It's, yeah. it. You know, for all the leaks that we've had, most of them have been by the BBC themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, in one way, I agree. Leaking embargoes. Uh, if they announce it is an exclusive... It should be an exclusive. I mean, right. I'm not saying they should have an exclusive, but if they announce it as an exclusive, then that is great kudos to these... I mean, I'd love to go to these comic cons or uh, these big events. I mean, uh, but the point is, I think that holds up. I, um, I mean, I think here in the UK, we'd, it was just another additional slap in the face to other things that we'd been left out in, like these revisited uh, ones. Um but for that, that's OK. And on um, one point, um, we may play a little bit of that teaser trailer when you, you ask well, me well, well, I think, I mean, so, some of the angst in the UK was that because the UK residents are paying a licence fee for the programme and they feel that, you know, and perhaps rightly so, that they're entitled to, you know, to see this as well. You know, it's, it's you know... The, I mean, I, I think um, BBC America also channels money into the programme. I think, you know, I, mean, I don't mean... I mean, there's other revenue that's coming in from Doctor Who, but uh, a lot of it is through licensing fees, and you know because if you own a television in the UK, you have to pay a license fee whether you watch it or not. Right, right. Um, but um, one of the things, for me at least, the fact that we've had this teaser trailer and then there's been the speculation about you know an oncoming trailer, I've actually got into the state of mind now where I'm thinking, you know what, if you have a trailer, I hope I don't catch it because I really, too much is uh, shown. Well, there's there's one of our members of one of our other uh, podcasts that, you know, has has tried to hold, you know, put his finger in the dike, as it were, and try and hold back. And I I take great admiration on that. Uh, At this point in time, with it being what? Where are we now, as you say? We're we're less than two months, Mm -hmm. not far off... uh, I would like to... St- I, I don't really want any more spoilers for the Christmas special. I don't want to know. I mean, I really honestly don't want to know. The teaser trailer, in effect, was actually pitched just right for me. I don't know what you two guys think. Yeah, it's... Well, yeah. It, it's sort of like... Um, I mean, like you said, it's it's not really a trailer, but it, it, almost a homage to Doctor Who's... Anniversary card. yeah. Uh, to the to fifty years of Doctor Who. Did you, Dave? Did you want to play the the audio from that? Yeah, I'll do that. Here we go. Who's that? Never mind. Let's get back. Uh, who is he? <laughs> David's made a mistake. That's unusual. <laughs> that, that's actually the clip. Uh, from no, I had got that lined up before. That was from the uh, the um, the the introduction of uh, John Hurt in that final story. So mm. you, ignore that, everybody. 
<laughs> it's okay. It's still. It's not like you played something that was not Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, uh, well, it wasn't like that clip I have of Ian being drunk. Uh, so let's play. Which the, one? Uh, I mean, God. <laughs> here's the teaser. I'll tell you what else before we start talking about it. Uh, I was watching that and I thought, uh, as, as perhaps uh, you know, Lewis and our listeners will know, that um, this, this, this episode coming up is, has been made in 3D. And this teaser trailer had an awful lot of sort of... Yes, 3D, 3D elements. Effect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I noticed that too. So what was it, about 30 seconds long or so? It was... Just over a minute. Oh, okay. So, I mean, that in that minute, if I mean, in audio, you can't tell, but we're assuming that you've seen the video of this by now, and yeah. it features all 11 Doctors. Now, some are better featured than others, but if you look closely, you'll see all 11 Doctors um, represented there, along with some other elements of Doctor Who and some stuff that you may not have seen right off the bat. But, like I said, Doctor Who fans will analyze, analyze! and find everything going frame by frame and they found Bessie they found different sonic screwdrivers or they they found, found the Ronnie uh, the Ronnie <laughs> someone's sneaker or, I don't know well, I mean I mean I even remember the, the, one of the, uh, the the unit soldiers being killed right at the end I think you know uh, is that one of the unit soldiers we know is that uh, Sergeant Benton uh, you can't tell obviously but the speculation is great mm. yeah now it, what it, we do to pass the time folks <laughs> hey some people go sailing some people go hiking. We speculate. This Sarah, we Sarah Jane Smith's in it, but not all the companions. Yeah. No, just the important one. <laughs> one. Well, two, actually. I, and I, I do love the fact that it was uh, Sarah Jane and then you see General Louis Coleman. So, <laughs> yes, my two favorite it, companions. It was so made for you, Ian. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, the, the best bit for me was inside the glow where you see the third Doctor fencing with the Master. Yeah, now some people had speculated that's not really John Pertwee. I, I mean, I, you know. Well, we, I think we the way the light was yeah. reflected up off the uh, the console, mm-hmm. it, it gave him a slightly demonic look. That's true. Yeah, and even I mean, uh, as I said, a lot of the Doctors weren't featured as prominently as others. So. Um, but I mean, it's it's a lot to feature all eleven doctors in, in a promo clip. But it's an, it's interesting nonetheless, you know. And um, it really whetted your appetite for um, what's to come. 
so so I guess I'm I'm not sure exactly when that was premiered when that debuted but then it was um I mean we, all along we've been over the and I don't know I mean it could have been over the whole span of the year or maybe even longer that we've been hearing rumors about all these lost episodes being discovered you know and someplace you know um it it, it actually um it wasn't. I think it was EPO. I don't know where it was. It, it, it was some other place in Africa. I think originally the rumors. Where we are. Yeah, no, it's Nigeria now. But I mean, Nigeria now. But, but before it was in rumors, it was. I forgot where it was. They, they were saying some. Uh, I, I can't remember now. So, but finally, then you know. So, is it true? Is it true? And uh, you know, we were all hoping that it was true, of course. Uh, and it turned out to be that it was discovered that there were six. Um, episodes that were no. found. No, I think there were there were. I think there were no nine nine episodes. No, there was eleven found, but two had already been. Yeah, two uh, were that, already that, there. They were just yes. the prints of them. Right. There mm-hmm. were nine unique new ones. Yeah. Now this is the thing that gets me: is how many people got these junk emails saying, uh, "Dear friend, um, I have in my possession Doctor Who." Uh, <laughs> Doctor Who episodes. I am the Prince of Nigeria. Uh, all you need to do is send me your social security number, phone number, and address, and I'll send them to you right away. And nobody plays a blind bit of notice. <laughs> yeah, because uh, <laughs> anyone that's been on the internet always gets these emails from Nigeria. <laughs> so it kind of somebody's sitting there going, "Damn it! I could have had the episode." So what was found was uh, two Patrick Troughton story. Well, what what was found completed two Doctor Who, mostly completed two Doctor Who, two Tom, two Patrick Troughton stories. Uh, one is the the Enemy of the World, and the other is Web of Fear. And um, when I say almost, is because there's still episode three is missing from Web of Fear. So um, immediately I have a these. On that, Lewis. What? I have a theory on that. All right, well, I'll just hold on for a second. I just wanted to okay. mention that these, these were immediately made available in iTunes exclusively. I mean, I wish that wasn't the case because, I, I, mean, I, I mean, everyone sort of has iTunes, but I still wish, you know, it just was, I just want to make it available to everyone. As, and I'm sure probably in time they'll be available on DVD and other. So for a certain amount of time, it's probably exclusively on iTunes. So, so what they did was they they included a reconstruction of episode three, which basically is made up of mostly stills and um, and and dialogue, audio, and or the actual audio of the episode, which they have, but not the video. So, together, combining those stills and audio, and um, I think there was maybe a couple scenes that they had to put captions because the um, it featured the Yeti, and the Yetis don't actually speak dialogue so they had to explain what was going on yet he grunts <laughs> well this of course is where the conspiracy theory comes in because i mean uh, first of all it seems that these two episodes were made available fairly quickly the assumption being that probably of the the other things that may or may not have been found these were probably in the best uh, you know the best, the best shape and maybe yeah. but, but then again like you say there's still a reconstruction episode so with it were, were things going on behind the scenes? And then the other thing that's been talked about is the fact that, you know, we've had these uh, uh, Doctor Who stories like The Invasion and so on, where they've actually done the, you know, animated, the missing episodes, and certain stories have not had that treatment. And people say, well, why hasn't that been treated? Because they have the episode hidden somewhere, you know. So, I mean, fuel to the fire, isn't it? Um, but, I mean, it was fabulous. I mean, 
let's face it, uh, Ian, friend of Paul Schoons in New Zealand, mm -hmm. uh, absolutely thrilled when they found one new episode. So uh, I yeah. think Ian ought to take this a little bit. Go on, Ian. Yes, and he has a conspiracy. He has a theory yes. as well. Well. The one thing I noticed when, when this all came out and they released the episodes onto iTunes available for purchase, you know, that's a, a, a little bugbear for New Zealand, is that um, iTunes in New Zealand do not do TV shows. So it was unavailable to the people of New Zealand. <laughs> but I noticed that, you know, they said, you know, very shortly they'll be out on DVD. So I looked and looked at what the dates were for the DVD releases and Enemy of the World, um, I think it is actually released either today or tomorrow, I think. But at the time was it, you know, in uh, early November. But Web of Fear is not due to be released until next year. Why? Is the big question. I think that maybe they found the other episode. But it needs some work, and I need to do a lot more cleaning up on it. It wasn't as in good condition as the rest, or the slightly less enticing um, conspiracy theory is that they're doing a reconstruction for the DVD, and that's what's taking so long. But it just seems odd that they would immediately, immediately, yeah. A sip of wine, it'll lube my tongue up a little more. <laughs> uh, that they would immediately. They would immediately release uh, both these stories onto iTunes and not release them both at the same time on DVD. It just seems odd that there would be mm. such a gap. It's not well, like one's, one's coming out in November, yeah. one's coming out in December. We're being told well, sometime in, in, in 2014. Now, so. we're going to assume that on the DVD release, they'll pack extras on it. And, you know, we should make a point that this was discovered by Philip Morris. Um, um, who discovered nothing this? Nothing to do with cigarettes. Yeah, nothing to do with cigarettes. <laughs> that, uh, I love you, Philip Morris. Who, <laughs> you know, coughing. That's an expert. Expert <laughs> talking. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I'm sure they'll probably do interviews and they'll have a lot of extras packed onto these DVDs, just so that everyone that had bought the iTunes versions will eventually buy the DVDs as well. So, um, so I think that's a given. But maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe there's something more that they're doing with episode three. Um, maybe for Web of Fear, maybe maybe they're animating it, or uh, you right. know, who, who knows? Yeah, but it's, it just it does strike me as odd that there would be such a gap. I mean, um, assuming that they were both found in the same place, because you don't know the full story. They say mm -hmm. that they found some, you know, they found a tin in this place. You know, we don't know if they, everything was found at the same time. At what? stage they were able to release them and get them back to have work done on them and to start doing extras so I, I think out of all the lost it's a nice little thing to think of you know up leading up to Christmas it's like mm -hmm. well it'd be really nice if the DVD came out with you know that uh, you know the missing episode I'll tell you what's actually given me great hope about this and it's completely unrelated but that's the way I roll <laughs> and that is uh, here in the uh, here in the UK, uh, that we've just had news about um, a Nazi uh, horde of mm -hmm. fine art being yeah, found. Yeah, artwork is sure. Now this is now this. We're not talking from '63 here. We're <laughs> talking from the 19, uh, you know 1940s. Yeah, World War uh, Two. Uh, yeah, 
uh, plundered art from uh, the you know the Jewish community, you know you know hundreds of millions of dollars worth of fine art, and that has turned up. You know, so we hope uh, there's a Nazi out there that's so, a, bit, so, a big fan of Doctor Who that <laughs> that raided some television station and took all the episodes for himself. These 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 things can and do happen from time to time. So the fact that if they if they can suddenly find you know Rembrandts and Cezannes and Monets, you know that thought were lost from 70 years ago, right. then. You Doctor never know. Who. Yeah. yeah I, I, but I'm actually becoming more optimistic about things being found. Uh, right. And if that's false promise, well, I'm sorry to the listeners, but I, I, I'm beginning to believe that there is. I mean, you could argue if you're a cynic, <laughs> if you're a cynic, that the timing is a bit fortuitous. Uh, coming at the 50th anniversary, and you might think that some people. I mean, it's like uh, you must know yourself. You know, uh, you know, the hundredth year anniversary of the Titanic sinking is when suddenly somebody puts something up for auction because, of course, it'll get more money at that mm-hmm. time. Uh, Fifty years after Marilyn Monroe died, or whatever. You know, pictures of a. Uh, you know, never been seen before. Show up. Are uh, new pictures of the um, the Kennedy shooting show up? Mm-hmm. Uh, you could argue that. Somebody's been sitting on these things. Yeah, well, we don't know exactly when these were found. I mean, Philip Morris could have found... I mean, because these rumors have been circulating for some time. I mean, it wasn't, you know, new. I mean, the the, the rumors, you know, were just getting more and more um, prevalent. And then, you know, then we finally got some confirmation. But, you know... That was the odd thing this year is is it it just... It was the rumors that just wouldn't die. Um, And there were people who were supposedly in the know... You know, friend of a friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. But one of the sources, um, I can't remember what uh, site he's from, but uh, was pretty much adamant that at one point he was even kind of giving up, kind of like, well, I'm not going to convince anybody, so I'll just, you know, whatever. But it was just one of those things that just kept coming back up. And it was, you know, a very, it was very specific. And so, and one of the things is, we recorded a large amount of episodes. Yeah, it was going to so be a lot more than... A small amount. Yeah. But the one thing that seems to be absent from these announcements is any kind of final announcement of this is all we found or these were the only episodes that are, have been, that, that are recovered. Well, uh, Nobody's th- made any kind of... Nothing for, no, nothing solid. I mean, the, there's an article on BBC UK, the, the news um, uh, news article on the entertainment section of the BBC site, and it says that... Um, this, and I'll quote you the line. It says, the, the latest find means that the number of missing episodes of Doctor Who has dropped from 106 to 97, from 106 to 97, um, end quote there. So, but that's that's right. that's what's available now. I don't know what's behind closed... You don't know what's behind... Might be, might yeah. be behind closed doors. Well, the big thing uh, now, too, is, is, is that uh, in the lead-up to this, there was, you know, people called the BBC and, and asked questions and stuff, many reporters. And it's interesting if you go back and look at some of these reports and carefully look at the wording. You know, this is where the kind of mass analysis goes into into play. And, and it's one of the things I've learned from Dara Skeptical is to really read uh, what Between the lines. Said. And... Um, he had said the same thing about Matt Smith leaving. If you look at all of his statements about whether he was staying or going, it's actually quite am- ambiguous yeah. as to, mm-hmm. to what he was actually doing. But uh, uh, one of the quotes on the missing episodes was, there have been 
uh, no missing episodes recovered that I'm aware of. Now, yeah. the you may you first look at that first part of it, and you're like, there'd be no missing episodes recovered. Bugger. But then you tack on that I'm aware of. It's like, well, you send somebody to, to do a press release and say, here's the information. And they say that I'm aware of. There you go. Well, it's a true statement. Uh, yeah, they are yeah. aware. Well, that's and why, so, not to get too political, but a sitting president, uh, you know, and I'm speaking of like the United States here, will get. I did not have. Oh, no, that's. Well, we'll get press, we'll get briefings, in the, you know, every day. Yeah, but but they're, they're not told where the sources of information comes from. So if they're ever questioned, you know, did, did you know that this came from so and so? They they can honestly say no. They you know they maybe had not they had known the information, but they don't know where it actually led to. You know where it actually came from, whatever. So it's sort of like that type of thing where you you got to read really what people are saying. Right. Uh, and uh, I think it, we also to mention Ian that is that um, it's not just Doctor Who fandom that's got excited about this because oh, yeah. there's been a, there's been a cache of uh, other British shows. I mean, from Taint Half, Hot Mum to I don't know what else. Dad, Dad's uh, Army, I Dad, think. Dad's Army and so on. There's a lot so, of rumours out there that there's some Dad's Army episodes. I'm, I haven't really kind of looked into it, but at last I'd seen there was word that there were some episodes that, that had shown up. And it's really great. I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, it's a Doctor Who podcast and we're excited about the Doctor Who episodes, it's great that um, some of these other fantastic shows that I grew up with... Mm -hmm. And well, uh, Dave was in his early 60s when they were on. Um, <laughs> now, now. Uh, they've, been, they've been recovered now, and it can fill up these other libraries. It's not just our fandom that's affected by this. It's it's other fandoms and other um, historical dramas and stuff like that that are you know, finally being put back together. And these, I mean, yes, it's really bad that the BBC destroyed these episodes, but you can't really blame them because... Uh, they had no idea at the time yeah. that oh, mm -hmm. we're going to need to hold on to these because there's DVD, there's Blu-ray. The, the miracle of videotape was that you could record over it and uh, you, you know can reuse the media and save money. Well, and yeah. well, uh, and also to be fair, I mean these were two-inch tapes that cost a fortune. The point Ooh. is they'd done this telecine, this 16 millimeter filming, so they weren't sort of um, relegating it to oblivion. Uh, because there were there were there were at least the black and white copies. Of course, they've had these almost vid fire. Vid, was it vid fire and all mm -hmm. these different ways yeah. that have, uh, have reconstituted the colour? Absolutely mm. marvellous things. And this is not false colouring. Uh, I mean, obviously, sometimes they've used the publicity stills. So like the sure you know, to get the, the colours right. The, yeah. So like the third as reference. Yeah, the third doctor's in like his green velvet jacket and so on, so they know what colour green it is, and they can they can use that to help key it in. And, uh, and of course, the joke in the UK was the American sister was was it never the same? Never, yeah, and yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we have uh, one thing that you know that, that people can either um, be happy or not happy about Doctor Who being so popular and mainstream today. But one advantage. Without say is that because it is so popular today, there's such a demand now for these missing episodes that may not have been. I mean, the BBC may not have been so urged to get this out right away. The turnaround. I mean, we again we don't know exactly when these episodes were found, but the turnaround from when the news broke officially to when it was released on in, in iTunes were almost immediate. So that may not have been the case. 
10 years ago when when Doctor Who fans were kit, were considered more of a niche market and a cult if you know. oh. <laughs> oh thank you for saying the cult a little nod there right. to the cultum collective so <laughs> well the, the, the other interesting thing about that too is is and I hadn't really looked I was excited when they went up on, on iTunes I'm like yay um the amount of time they stayed in the uh, yeah on the like top 10 yeah. yeah i mean uh, it was great seeing and I, I tweeted this out i mean it was really great seeing all you know the top 10 downloads for itunes and all the like for television episodes and they were all like most of these television shows i mean i i'm i'm a cord cutter i don't really watch much tv mainstream tv that is so i most of these titles i had no idea who what they were and there were a few that i were familiar with but seeing a vintage black and white Patrick Troughton episodes among all these like more I don't know um, like Breaking Bad Breaking Bad whatever it just finished on TV exactly side by side a massive um, basically the ratings the 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 viewership for for Breaking Bad at the end jumped massively and so Mm -hmm. then everybody kind of jumped on board and was you know doing rewatches and everything so that you know those were up in the top and for something like you know uh, a 1967 episode of patrick Troughton yeah. right up there is yeah, incredible fantastic to see and and you got to think that if they are holding on to more episodes this means great stuff for us um because it's proof to them that once they make these announcements we're going to get them right away because they've Proved that it's there's possible, a yeah, and 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 that and that it's a, a profitable market. Yeah, yeah, it's just going to be like people people don't want to wait till the DVD comes out. They're just oh, screw this, well, I'm getting it. Well, just to add in on that, I, I, I mean, I, I seem to remember that uh, there was an awful lot of uh, publicity about the fact that the DVD releases have been speeding up over the last couple of years. The idea was going to be that by the time we hit the 50th anniversary. All available or all existing episodes of classic Doctor Who would be out on DVD all the way, you know, to the I think the 10th planet was going to be one of the last ones uh, that was released. I think that was released here in the UK about the 30th of October, still not released in the UK uh, in the States until I think the 19th of uh, November. So any new episodes, any new discovered stories have got to be added into this rather quick turnaround because mm. um, some of the some of the best stories have been held to the last, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I gotta say, Enemy of the World, fantastic story. Mm. I haven't finished watching uh, Web of Fear yet, but. Um, I, I just finished Patrick last Trump. night. I've, I've been Patrick trying. To, fantastic. I've, I've been trying not to watch them all at once, so I, I've been uh, watch, I've been stretching it out. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just finished uh, Web of Fear, in fact, last night. So. I mean, it's not a perfect story by any means. The the, the beginning is kind of kind of hurried up, um, where they end up, you know, in a whole other country and you know doing so. It just kind of leaps forward a bit. But uh, Patrick Troughton's fantastic in, in a dual role. Um, far better, I think, than mm. any other doctor's done a, you know, evil twin. Well, you really got to see the talent that is Patrick Troughton in, in that story. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, he's completely believable as this completely different person. I'm, I'm sorry, it's just, yeah, it's quite mind blowing, you know, because all you know him as, well, most of us all all know him as as the Doctor, and and so to see this, um, you know, uh. I'm trying to think of what's his name again? 
Oh, a salamander. Salamander, yeah. It's, yeah. it's just great. And, and it's, a, it's actually a fantastic story as well. Just the, the, um, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Well, we're going to we're going to get to reviews of these because I'm kind of yes, looking yes. forward to reviewing. I mean, it's, we, we've been doing so many reviews of new. Do- I mean, nothing against new Doctor Who, but I mean, we've been that's uh, that's what we've been getting all new Doctor Who episodes, you know, every spring and whatever. So, and and it, it'd be great reviewing some classic black and white stories again. So, I'm kind of looking forward to doing reviews of these two stories. Yeah, on the well, Colton Collective, uh, we're planning on doing the same thing, but like <laughs> they're a, a brand new episode, a brand new story for, of Doctor Who, because mm-hmm. for most of us, we've, we've never seen these before. Yes, and, yeah. and the great thing about these, I right. think, is that people get, people who are fans of the new series and are just getting into the classic series, get swept up in this. They're like, well, quite clearly, I have to watch this now because, you know, um, this is something that nobody else has seen, so I, I, I better see it too. It's, it's like, um, you get caught up in the fever of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're 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 a new fan, and and you're just getting into it, and all of a sudden, you know, fandom's going wild, and so you get pulled into it, and and so it's great to kind of get these newer fans into some uh, classic episodes like this, because it's often difficult to kind of, well, I really should watch a Tom Baker episode or a or a John Pertwee episode, but. You know, when something exciting like this happens, it kind of cool. Well, it, it's that collective energy that we all, because this is new for all for for old fans and new fans alike. This is new material. It's you a know. great cult uh, following for this collective. <laughs> uh, just before Ian goes overboard on that, yeah, um, the Enemy of the World. Uh, uh, region 2 released the 25th of November. Region 4 released the 27th of November. Region 1 release not yet uh, scheduled. Scheduled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Web of Fear, uh, Region 2, February, 24th of February, 2014. So there must be quite a bit of work. And of course, we're hoping there's going to be extras on this. Uh, one of the things that was. Yeah, the other episode. Ah, <laughs> right, 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 right. Clever. That's all I'm saying. Clever guys. I mean, one of the things I was uh, reading about, even just recently, uh, Tom Baker in an interview was saying, you know, oh, I never watched Doctor Who, but I might make an exception for the 50th anniversary. Because <laughs> he then forgets that he's done commentaries. Mm. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. <laughs> he wasn't watching. <laughs> yeah. no, what he means is he hasn't sat down yeah. in his own house mm. and watched... On, watch on his, without being he's, paid. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's done it. In that sense, of course, you know, you have to listen to some really good commentaries to, to get the idea of how a commentary should be done. Uh, yes. Zarban.com, of course. Yes, yeah, so the Colton Collective would be a good place to start. Uh, <laughs> right, come. Is this anybody's so, plug? Yeah. I, 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 I promise you that we'll plug the show at the end of this uh, at the end of this episode. So. Sure. <laughs> I don't know some some other show that that, that that you're involved with. I'm not sure what it's called. Um, collectively, I can't recall it. It's something to do with the cult. Something I don't know. Oh, I like him. I like this man. <laughs> yeah. We're not paying him enough. We're not paying him enough. <laughs> So yeah, what better 50th anniversary present can you give a Doctor Who fan than finding these lost episodes? So I I was very giddy and happy and um you know and 
you know, it, it was it's a nice treat after a year from hell, personally for myself. It was uh, it was great seeing some great lost Patrick Troughton. I mean, he was um, always you know well, they're all my favorite, but you know he was always one of the the standout favorites. You know, and, oh, until the tenth Doctor came along, he was my favorite Doctor. Yeah, so um, it's. And, and you know what also is the fact that so many of his episodes are lost, you know, and so it's it's great, you know, if you're going to find some lost episodes that it is, well, I guess chances are that it would be his, but it, it's great that, it, you know, that we got to see more of Patrick Troughton becoming available. All right, so that brings us to I guess October. What was that was that October when that when when it came to iTunes? I believe it, I believe it was about a month or so ago. Mm. And so that brings us to where we are now, really, which is now waiting on with bated breath for the um, the 50th anniversary, which is scheduled for the 23rd of November, and then a few days before that, supposedly, is the Adventures of Adventures in Time and Space, the Mark Gaddis docudrama that chronicalizes the formation of Doctor Who, and um, you know where uh, you have actors that have been cast to play the role of William Hartnell and and, uh, and you know the others from that time period. Uh, recently. Um, the original director of um, the, the Unearthly Child, Waris Hussein, had seen, a, I guess, a preview of it, and um, he was said to had swollen up with tears, and um, it touched him, you know. And uh, so, it's, also, there was um, Mark Gaddis says that he's fully prepared for the wrath of Doctor Who fans to be disappointed because it's not made for Doctor Who fan audiences; it's made for general audiences. So maybe there might be some. Some things that don't f- mesh or fit true to Doctor Who history. I don't know. I, you know, right. read into that as well, you may. I'm, yeah. I'm looking. F- I'm looking forward to this. I think more than the 50th anniversary, just because. Um, we've all seen, especially the we've all seen the you know, unearthly child, um, and just to see kind of that reenacted and all the stuff that went on around it. It's just going to be fantastic. Uh, you know, I mean, there's probably going to be some liberties taken, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this a little more than I am the 50th. Cause, mm-hmm. um, and incidentally, uh, BBC America have confirmed the 22nd of November for the U.S. premiere of uh, An Adventure in Time and Space. I hope that also means iTunes as well. With any luck. Um, and also yeah. the Space Channel in Canada has uh, confirmed the 22nd of November. So, right. Yes. Well, there's, there's, there, I mean, it's difficult to even cover all this. I mean, uh, we, we've got also got the the news about uh, there're going to be cinema screenings of the Day of the Doctor. Mm. Oh yeah, that's another thing that we've had to mention the the announcement and the, those tickets sold out almost immediately uh, for those 3D screenings of the 50th anniversary. I, I to be honest, um, if it was in 2D, I would have jumped on it as well. But I, I just mm. can't see. I'm. I don't know. I, I still th- see a lot of the 3D th- movies as a bit gimmickry, as far as I'm concerned. Right. right. Well, two I, things I've got to comment on. Sorry, Ian. Uh, two things I've got to comment on that. One is the fact that uh, this is the last hurrah, as far as the BBC are concerned for the moment, on 3D. Um, the, uh, I mean, we've had Wimbledon and a few other things, but this is the uh, BBC have announced that they're withdrawing from 3D at the mm. moment. Yeah. Uh, but this Doctor Who was doing that, and and just as a, a side personal note, I went um, I went to one of these large big soup. Uh, well, actually, it's a, a big shopping mall here in Manchester called the Trafford Centre, and I have seen for the first time 
4K TV. That's mm, the, that's, the next. Yeah, that's the uh, next. Yeah, that's four times the the density of, of HD right HD, now. Yeah. With some what some what the industry is calling UD, UHD, uh, meaning Ultra HD, um, yeah. which is now, 4K. Now, now, well, I mean, us, uh, that's, a, that's sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, this was on a 65-inch screen, and Ian's going to pick me at the post in a minute, saying he followed a car with an 80-inch screen in a moment. But <laughs> let me just tell you that I watched this 4K program. It was in 2D, but actually, you it didn't looked... need 3D yeah, to watch it. 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 it was so lifelike. The, first, I mean, the, yeah, the that's what I was going to say that, Ian. Yeah, they, they use these pretty... <laughs> Let me have my moment. Okay. No. It was Give a, the man his moment. Yeah. It was Say this, Peter Capaldi uh, and I'll let you do it. <laughs> Go on. No, I've had Go too on. much wine. Uh, Go on. They had this, this, there was this Japanese promo. So these beautiful Japanese girls in all the traditional costume and mm-hmm. all that. But they were bit, with a screen behind. The very fact that it was at, at 4K... It had a 3D quality about it, mm-hmm. simply because the light and shade and the three-dimensionality was there through the, the high quality of the resolution. I, I I would agree, and I've seen it on the Click uh, program, the BBC program that goes on about tech. When you get to that sort of resolution, you don't need this artificial 3D because... It's as though you're looking at the image anyway. But Ian is now going to pit me by talking about his little experience. Yeah. I was on my way to work today, and there was a there was a, a pickup uh, truck in front of me that had a couple of 40-inch screens uh, in the back. And uh, you know, I'm, like, looking as, as, as the, the size of the box increases, and I'm like, wow, this is a lot of TVs. Uh, then there was a 60-inch screen. I'm like, man. That's even bigger than my TV. <laughs> and then I could see the end of this box, and I couldn't tell what it was. It had, you know, it had an item number on it. So of course, I picked up my iPhone and just uh, <laughs> asked Siri, <laughs> "What the heck this uh, TV was?" And it was an 80-inch wow. TV screen. And I'm like, "Wherever you're going, I'm coming to, but, and I'm going to live there." But the thing with an 80-inch TV is you're going to have to build a house around the TV. How are you going to get oh, that I in know. the door? What's wrong with that? If I put that in my house, I'd have to put it on my the, 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 the far bedroom wall, knock a hole through into the living room, then knock a hole through into the garage, and then put the, put the couch against the back wall of the garage. Look, there's only one thing wrong with an 18 screen. You can't hug it all at once. <laughs> But I could stare at General Louise Coleman for hours. Oh, no, no, you have to move the keyboard, Ian. <laughs> oh, my. Sorry, I was just thinking about 80 inches. Of and that, that's going back to the Asylum of the Daleks for those people um, who think you're in the red dress. Oh, yes. oh I was thinking something Damn else. Keyboards in the way. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you bunch of size queens. Um, I've got a feeling this podcast is going to come to an end soon. It's, it will be. Just a point about 4K right now. As Ian said, and I was going to say the same thing. What what a lot of people compare it to is looking out the window. It's that that it's so real and it, and it has and it does have a sense of 3D without it being 3D. You don't need glasses. You don't need special apparatus to get the 3D effect. Um, it's you know the only caveat right now with 3D television is the media itself is 
it, since it's so intense, it's so dense that it's hard to get that. You would, I mean, if uh, right now Netflix just announced that they're working on getting oh, yeah, um, yeah. Um, 4K programming, I, I think within early 2014 or something, whatever. I don't remember the exact date time frame, but they're, they're working. But the thing is that that's going to take up so much bandwidth. And the trouble is you can't get media right now because blue, um, the, like if you want to get a 4K movie, it's not going to fit on, on a current Blu-ray disc. So you, they're going to have to come out with you know crystals or whatever to hold all this information. And so it's, it's another investment. So if you can afford a 4K television, fine. But just realize that you're not going to get the media for it immediately. You know, there is a... Uh, there's currently on, on uh, Amazon.com, uh, there's a Sony 55-inch uh, 4K uh, UHD TV, uh, 120 hertz, uh, for f- basically $4,000. Mm-hmm. I could fix my car twice for that. It just goes to show you, though, as soon as HDTVs get down to a reasonable price, we're going to buy one to come up with something better. Well, that's always the case. Well, <laughs> when I was looking at this 4K, I can't remember what the price was, but I went into another store and they had the OLED, the curved screen one. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I didn't like that. Uh, it was I, very artificial. It I, was I've very... seen that, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it in person, but I've, I've seen reviews yeah. of that. And, and well, it, 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 it does cur- it curves on the ends. Yeah, but it was over-punchy for my line. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, if you've ever done with the JPEGs, you've, d- you've done... Well, you two guys have both done this. Where you... you we've done it. And, <laughs> and, and you, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> where, where you go for the over-sharpening tool... And you actually yeah. you get artifacts, detail, yeah. false detail. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. where it looked to me. The 4K was fabulous, but um, yeah. well, the uh, thing is, if you go to stores and and watch these televisions, they're not calibrated correctly. So oh, it, no, it, no, it no, could be not. it could be a matter of just having having the display properly calibrated, and and there's tools to do that. And what they do in stores is they have these oversaturated and in vivid colors, and because it, they're trying to get your attention, so people are attracted to shiny things and, and colorful things. And um, if you were to actually properly calibrate a television and put it against all these other televisions that are not that are oversaturated, it's going to look crappy. Because even though the yeah, colors are gold, true, yeah. it's. Yeah. Uh, it's well, just a fact. This is one of my hobby horses. Uh, horses again. <laughs> the, the, the point is that DVD, the DVD uh, allows you to have up to 10 megabytes a second. Now, most DVDs are at four, three, four, five, you know, so they never. So when you're watching uh, TV, HDD TV, um, the trouble. Sorry. Have drink. The, yeah, I'll have another drink. But HDTV. They, they starve the bit rate, so what it could be up to 10, 15 megabytes a second, they're only showing it at like four or five because they starve it. The highest in the UK could go to nine and a half megabits a second. What worries me is that if you have HDTV at 920 by 1080 and then you go to 4K, if you starve it at bit rate and say, well, we're only going to show 4K TV at 12 megabytes a second, You'd be better off doing HD, mm-hmm. 10 megabytes a second now, 12 megabytes. In other words, if you starve it a bit rate, you're ruining uh, that extra quality. But we're totally off topic now, so everybody <laughs> all, is enjoying it. All I know is that when I get a new TV, I'm flying Dave over to calibrate my damn TV. <laughs> 
Well, I have a more about these things than I do. Well, I have a calibration disc as well. I can help you too. But you can fly us both. Oh, that's not good. We could do a live show together for change. Yeah, there you go. You get one of these spiders. It's called a spider that you hang in front of your TV. You hang it down, and it actually analyzes the picture, and you do it that way. I thought I thought the whole idea of the spider is it distracts you from anything that's wrong on the screen. It's like there's a bloody big spider on my. Well, TV. you don't keep it on the TV screen. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, Look, it's Doctor Who and Planet of the, of the Spiders. The spider <laughs> What's that on your back? Yeah. Turn left. Oh, what's the show about again? <laughs> no song. Okay, let me welcome, let me change the subject. Monthly. <laughs> Let me change the subject. Um, on uh, Monday the 4th of November on the DoctorWhoNews.net site, they were talking about another thing that excited me, that was the Radiophonic Workshop is being reactivated. They're going to be performing uh, live weekends to mark the Doctor Who anniversary. So that's bringing us... Hopefully we haven't skipped too much yet, Lewis, but that's bringing us uh, right back to uh, where we are. So where we are today. Be, yeah. Well, I, I want to let our listeners know that um, we didn't. Those that have sent some feedback, and I want to thank everyone that has um, that that did send feedback, and also those that have, um, you know, sent messages, uh, kind of um, celebrating our return. So I, I want to thank everyone for that. But we'll return to our regular sort of format um, with feedback and all that shortly. We just wanted to do a recap with this Doctor Who Podcast episode to bring everyone up to date uh, and bring myself up to date. What happened over the hiatus year that we're, we were away and I was dealing with um, the, the devastation that Sandy left here. So we'll get to your feedback. Now, if you want to send us feedback, and I might have, when um, the last episode went out that was recorded last year, that might have had a um, the feedback number, the phone number might have been outdated. I'm not sure. I, I was supposed to, I, I wanted to double check that. I, I still haven't been able to. But to um, the correct number, if you want to call and leave feedback, is two zero six three five zero six four six three so again that's two zero six three five zero six four six three is the number for dr pachak and it's a voicemail system you just call and leave feedback of course you can record your own feedback and with many smartphones iphones or android whatever you can you can do a voice memo and just email that to us at pachak uh, feed i'm sorry the, the the email address is feedback at pachak.net and um, that's not .com, it's .net. And that's also our website, too, um, podshock.net or gallifrenemacy.org will both bring you to the same place. And um, since I'm, I'm plugging the website and our feedback address, since I'm on a roll of plugs, I'm going to plug a podcast called The Cultum Collective, where you'll find Dave A.C. Cooper and Ian Bissett each week on Sunday doing a live show on TalkShoe. And... Um, Dave, I know you have the the numbers memorized as far as um, caller um, the, the the show number and how to find that. I certainly do. It's um, call ID five four eight two one. I don't know how quickly this will be going out, but um, we're currently taking a break from Doctor Who, talking about um, Arrow season one. That's on the tenth of November, but uh, we're hoping to cover the signs of Doctor Who. We're obviously going to cover the Day of the Doctor review, Adventure in Time and Space, and, of course, the the magnificent series that's been going on on BBC America, which we haven't really talked about. That's the Doctor Who Revisited. Uh, we'll be doing about the 11th Doctor. wasn't sure they were actually going to cover the 11th Doctor, but... Uh, 
uh, we've done that. And, um, of course, alongside that, Stephen Moffat, at the end of each of these revisited, has been introducing, you know, the the uh, the, the story that they've used as the, the example, the way into, the window into those particular doctors. And uh, we've been doing those as commentaries as well. Ian, do you want to add to that? Um... No, I think you pretty much covered it. <laughs> but I didn't actually um, mention the fact that we've actually missed a bit of news. Oh. Um, today, um, during a, uh, 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 a a live event with... Uh, um, it was like a Q&A with Stephen Moffat uh, talking about Doctor Who and the 50th anniversary, etc. It was announced that uh, this Saturday, I think, I believe it's, it's uh, right before... Uh, the new BBC series uh, Atlantis will be the Doctor Who trailer for the 50th, and also they've released on if you're if you're on Twitter or, or Facebook, or if you check out the uh, Doctor Who website, they've released four images. Only one of those is slightly spoilerish, and I think if you if you've read the the synops the brief synopsis, say it. It's almost as bad as Capaldi. <laughs> Synopsis. <laughs> um, then it's no spoiler at all. Um, but uh, there's, there's three of the images are just basically the doctors, and you can't really tell an awful lot from them. So um, I think too much to worry about. But if you're you know trying to stay spoiler free, then steer clear. But yeah. So now, now this is the trailer that was shown at Comic Con. Well, we don't know that yet. Maybe. Well, it's a trailer for. The 50th anniversary special. Mm-hmm. Um, so it so, may or may yeah. not be the same one. Right. They haven't said whether it's the exact trailer. Um, I'm assuming it's, if anything, it would probably be better because. Because um, Comic Con was like back in July things, and now it's November. Right. Like with most things, when they take these things to, to these uh, Comic Cons and. It's a little uh, crude. The, the effects may not have been done yet. And, right. Um, like the, the trailer we just got for uh, X-Men, uh, Days of Future Past. There was a lot of good footage in there, but no Sentinels, nothing, uh, because they don't have a lot of the effects done. Mm-hmm. But it was nice to see something. So uh, I'm still in, in, in two minds as to whether I want to see it, because it's so close now. It's like, am I going to spoil it yeah. by watching it? Yeah. Um, so, you know, Six months ago, that would have been a cool thing to see, because I would have forgotten most of it by now. Yeah, so well, that's what I did with the prequels. And anytime they they release a prequel, many times I'll, I'll just wait and, and actually do it as a prequel, do it after after the fact, and watch it. You know, after right. I watch the the proper episode, because I you know I just don't want any more spoilers. Right. Uh, I'm just reading here, Benjamin Elliott, uh, of course the uh, uh, Dot Who guy, uh, has put. Um, if you're not sure, don't look for it, but don't look away if it randomly appears on TV, on a website or in a movie theatre. I mean, that's <laughs> one of the things that's happened here in the UK. Yeah. You know, uh, you can be watching some completely unrelated programme and then suddenly, talk to who's on screen. Now, admittedly, some of them, uh, yeah, you think, oh, trailer, and then it's about 10 seconds and it's a hashtag. That's all it is, a hashtag. Mm-hmm. Now, when Dave says the Doctor Who guy, he means that he Benjamin Elliott used to do a Doctor Who on TV listing. Uh, this, uh, a a um, this, this weekend Doctor this Who. This weekend Doctor Who, where which is actually still going. Oh, is it? I it thought was, he it put it on it hiatus. Was, uh, but, then I, but then I've been on hiatus, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's under new management. I see. Um, I think he's still probably helping out there, um, but it is it is still going on. So, which is good to see. 
Um, oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's just more fun when Benjamin was doing it because he'd show up at, at uh, the Cult and Collective podcast. Yeah, talk to Five Yeah, well, he used to, he used to post it on our site as well. Yeah, Benjamin, mm. great guy. We love him. Yep, love you, Benjamin. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this show of Talk to You, Podshock. And again, I want to thank you both um, for helping out and being here. As always, it's always a delight and pleasure talking Talk to Who with you. Thank right, you we've, done the, we've done the advert. Can we do the show now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to put Dave to bed before he... Uh... Oh, this was just this. This was just a promo for the Doctor Who project. Now we're gonna actually yes, do it. Yes, yes. <laughs> this, this, is the, this is the Comic-Con um, preview of Doctor Who project that nobody else is ever gonna see. <laughs> okay, so now we're gonna actually do the episode, and this time I'm gonna say Peter Capaldi correctly. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. Nicely done, Dave. I am. I'm, I'm in awe. Oh well, no, you're gonna say it now. Peter Capaldi, Peter Capaldi, Peter Capaldi. <laughs> what he said. What he Peter said. Capaldi. Peter Capaldi. Oh, well. What is that? Now, now we need to get him on the show and he can correct us. Listeners, <laughs> it's 10 to 5 in the morning where I am. Oh, just, just speaking of Peter Capaldi, one interesting fact is that he was a, or is a Doctor Who fan. You know, from the, as a, you know, going back oh, to his childhood, he had written, I think, into uh, BBC, um, what, the Radio Times or, yes. or something like that. And, you know, he, he, I think he, did he have like a fan club or start something or... I mean, um, I don't know. He, he, you know, he's, he's not unfamiliar with Doctor Who. Let's just say that. He'd love to be in the show. Um, if you get access to see the, the the special, I do talk about that letter. So, uh, so like and, and he's also, um, to my understanding, Peter Mo- uh, Peter Moff, <laughs> Stephen Moff, <laughs> Stephen Moffat gave him free reign to go out and get and, and and come up with his own look for the Doctor. So and some interesting little tidbits there. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does lie. So All right. it's time we put Dave to bed. <laughs> it's nighty night. Yeah. So as we record this, it's probably what like five in the morning there. Almost. Or, almost. All right, well, thank you. Your, um, <laughs> thank you, all our listeners, for continuing listening to Dr. Lupachuk. And um, thank you both once again. Until next time, this is Louis Trapani, and uh, we'll be back again with more Dr. Lupachuk. And oh, and you know what? Maybe since I already gave our feedback number, and, and um, maybe, maybe I can do a call out and ask our listeners to send in feedback on what the 50th, what the 50th anniversary means to you. I don't mean the special, just the, what 50 years of Dr. Who means to you, what you might be doing to celebrate or you know are, are you watching certain episodes are you pulling like favorites out of your library and watching oh, are you doing anything like that to celebrate the 50th anniversary obviously you're going to be watching the special when it comes out um, but anything are you are you gathering friends over and having like a party or a marathon um, let us know what you're doing for what, what the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who means to you and um, sort of as a, and we'll play it on the show uh, you know time constraints allowing We'll play them all on the show. So um, until that next time, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. And become a Pod, pod Shop subscriber. Yes, it's I, I it's we want to thank all those that did hang in there during this this year from hell for me and um, you know appreciate your support and and those that that didn't we still appreciate though you know whatever you were able to able to give and um, we wouldn't be here without you. 
And uh, as the special bonus is you'll be getting a, uh, a live track of Dave singing Peter Capaldi for five minutes. <laughs> Look for that. Yeah. Along with Colin Baker singing, we'll, we'll have a little musical of our own. Or should it be if you don't subscribe to Tipping Night? <laughs> That's right. Let me just find this index finger first and then I'll say it. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll always, we right. can always break out the Vogon poetry if all else fails. Oh, nice one. Go. <laughs> good night, all. Goodbye, all. Cheers. Dave, you want to say goodbye? Bye, all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, presented to you by the fan-run GallifreyMC.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the Podchock Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit arttrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts. Oh dear, we are in trouble, aren't we?